0: there you're listening to the spirit room podcast with me psychic medium and mentor melissa white this show is for developing mediums budding intuitives and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife i'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade i'll also interview people that i find brilliant and fascinating And provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what Spirit has in store for us today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm your host, and I'm very delighted to welcome a returning guest. Her name is Mary Treen, and she's an intuitive energy healer and meditation guide. She created Treen Light Healing after a long personal journey of healing, development, and remembering. This journey led her back to her purpose and uncovered all the intuitive gifts she had locked away. Serving women from around the globe, Mary's mission is to support you through the challenging cycles of your life, clearing blocks and creating a powerful connection. She's also a Reiki master teacher, artist, writer, podcast host of Intuitive Seek, a grounded approach to all things energy and intuition.
1: So welcome back to the Spirit Room, Mary. Thank you, Melissa. It is so wonderful to be back and it is always so interesting hearing your bio back to you, (laughs) it's very funny. So thank you for reading it. And yes, thank you so much for having me back. It was such an incredible joy to be here last year, almost almost to the day actually, it's kind of amazing.
0: I was thinking about that. And I was also thinking how fast that goes by,
1: because it really doesn't feel like a whole year. No. And I don't know about you, but everybody I speak to in my work and in my life and for me too, time has just sped up to such a force that is something that I've never experienced before. And I don't know if it's just getting older, but I feel like it is of the time right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's all of that, but I do notice that it is, yeah, it seems accelerated and it's just an interesting, it's an interesting concept because you could feel it happening. And at the same time, it's like,
1: you're just trying to kind of like, I think sometimes keep up. Yes. And then when you look back in hindsight, you see, oh no, a lot of time has passed. <laughs> <But> <laughs> like, <the> feeling! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So much has happened, you That's know, so right. much happened. Um,
0: so tell us a bit about what's been going on for you since last time you were here.
1: Yes! So I have continued to build my healing practice, which I've been really fortunate enough to continue. I think that anyone who's able to do work that they really love, it is unbelievable. It's one of the things that has every, I would say actually, every, every time that I'm finished a session, I do try to reflect, at least for a moment, on where I was, you know, five years ago when I was still in my corporate job and I was kind of dreaming about doing something that felt satisfying to my soul. And I have continued to do that and built it even kind of wider, helping more people around the world because I do work across Zoom, which may sound odd to some people but makes so much sense if you've ever tried it
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: and i have um yeah really been continuing to develop all of my kind of intuitive abilities or gifts i know you melissa i love it i've heard you before say you don't like to call them gifts and i'm in the same school of thought where it's not a gifted kind of mm-hmm. special thing, but mm-hmm. I do like to kind of own the word gifts because I do find sometimes, which I'll say just for myself, but mm-hmm. also people that I've worked with before, they can be a little bit shy of kind of stepping into their power on saying, yes, I do have these gifts, but it doesn't make other people's gifts any less. Mm-hmm. everybody has these gifts. So yeah. I have been, I would say in the past year, I've really been kind of shifting my perspective on calling myself a healer again, where before I was kind of an intuitive healing guide. Mm. But I've kind of stepped into that light of, oh, yes, I facilitate healing. I am a healer. It's kind of how I remember I was meditating once and I received kind of the insight that you know, it's just like a shoemaker. Like you don't make the shoe, but you put the shoe together and you show it and you show how to do it and you help people wear it. And being a healer is similar. It's a vocation that way where Mm -hmm. you are facilitating and guiding and helping people kind of accept all parts of themselves and clearing away and helping them shed anything that's not in alignment with their true selves. And so... I don't know why but i just feel a little bit called to say that if anybody out there has been feeling you know a little shaky in their voice or a little unsure of calling themselves you know a healer or maybe a psychic medium or you know anything that feels a little too heavy on their shoulders kind of sit up and feel it in your body and see why you can't hold or don't feel comfortable holding that light because that is a kind of constant journey for me personally.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I
1: love all of that.
0: And with the gifts thing, it's mostly not so much about that it would make other people like, you know, that they don't have it or something, but more, I think when it comes to just when people say, oh, you're so lucky you have these gifts. And at the end of the day, I always feel like that sort of takes away from all of the dedication, hard work, (laughs) development, of those gifts. So it's more a public perception type thing because so many people think that all I do is just open my mouth and start speaking and everything is dictated to me and all of this information comes through and it's easy and Mm -hmm. it's effortless and I'm like "Mm, it's not effortless that's for sure and it's just taken you know it's taken all of the the time and the energy and the the dedication and all that so I sort of like I like I like the idea because it is a gift, because it is a gift to be able to know yourself and to work with your innate, you know, your innate abilities and all of that. But it's mostly just from that perspective of like, I don't ever want anyone to think that this is just, I mean, it is magical, but it's not effortless magic. There's a lot that actually does, you know, of course, you know, it goes into it. So that's more so why I hesitate with that.
1: Oh, I love that you explained that too for me. Thank you, because it really makes so much sense. And it makes me actually think of, yeah, it kind of connects to when people want to share their kind of spiritual philosophies or Mm -hmm. their ideas and thoughts and feelings. And I do find, and I don't know about you, and just an idea to speak about, but when people say I channeled this message, instead of, here is a message from me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think that the channeled message is more important. Yes. Even yes. though it's coming through all of that built ability, that beautiful foundation of honing the skills and taking those gifts and realizing what you can do with them, just like you said, that it is so much development and work behind the scenes to mm-hmm. even like receive a channeled message.
0: Yeah. And I also think too... It's one thing to receive the information and receive the impressions, but the skill aspect as well is around like, well, what do you actually do with that information? What does that information mean? How, how you're delivering the information and when, and all of that other stuff too, you know? So I, I totally agree with that. I, I know that as soon as somebody says those words, like a channeled message, all of a sudden people think it is something better or something more important or something. So that's very true. And then the other thing I wanted to mention too, when you're saying about your Zoom sessions, I mean, I experienced one. You did an amazing, beautiful healing for me via Zoom. It was so lovely to support you. It was, yeah. It was, it was so awesome. It was so, so beautiful. It was awesome. And I, I think that there is still, I mean, over you know the last couple years things have become a little bit more normalized to do like what we do online like of course it kind of it had to be a little bit like that for a while but I still think there is this misconception that people think that our type of work is somehow also better in person like there's there's a lot of that and I I sort of get tired of trying to explain it because I just feel like uh, there's only so many times I could say, but with spirit and with working with our guides and our angels, there's no barrier. There's no time and space like obstacles. So anything is possible. And we really do not need to be in the same room to be able to have the
1: same results. It's so true. And yes even for me it's so interesting actually if i can share just the beginning of my energy healing kind of journey of learning the modalities that i have and i do reiki you said i was the reiki level three they call it master Mm -hmm. level three teacher and i also do some transpersonal spiritual counseling which is another modality of energy healing more somatic like really Mm -hmm. about guiding into the body but and i work with earth energy too But having said all of that, (laughs) that um, when I first discovered it, I really thought that I would be doing it in person. Mm -hmm. I did not understand that there is no separation, that it is an illusion when you're (laughs) with each other or 3,000 miles away from each other. And I was actually, I wouldn't say, you know, forced, but I was happened into a place thanks to thanks in quotation thanks to the pandemic mm-hmm. that i couldn't practice it with my bed anymore i had a bed i slept it around i did it in person but i would always offer new clients and i would do it also as some practice as well distance so remote healing, which if anybody has taken Reiki before, they know that in level two, you learn how to do that. There's a certain um, structure of healing that, and a system of healing that you do and you connect distantly with the other person's energy and channel that universal energy to their body and all of their energy bodies. So when I started doing those, I started receiving, because what I would do is I would just kind of picture in my mind's eye that we were in a session together, even though they're in their home, we're not on video, phone or anything. They're in their home, Mm -hmm. I'm in mine. But I would connect to them in my mind's eye and I would be able to, and I know that it's not just me, I know it's part of being open to understanding that there is no barrier, as long as the other person is open to receiving it, having the consent. Mm -hmm that I would be able to feel where in their physical body needed that support, whether it be in their shoulder or their lower back or their you know, right knee or left toe, I could feel it. And then beautifully, I would be shown, just like you were saying, symbols and things that I would be translating that would be messages for the person that I was offering this healing to. So being able to do it from a distance actually opened up my awareness to, oh, if I can get this kind of connection and receive this information to reflect back to my clients when they're not even on video or on the phone, we can't speak to each other. Imagine what could happen if I tried it on Zoom. And so that's what I did. I just asked a client that was an in-person client if she wanted to just try it. And then the rest was history because she actually decided she didn't want to do them in person anymore. She enjoyed them more on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it is really, um, even though I believe it so much, I did have to experience it. So I understand. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think it makes sense to, to question it, especially if you've never done it or you've never experienced it. But it is, I think it all comes down to a good fit. Like it when you're a good fit with someone, mm. it doesn't matter if you're in person, if you're online, if you're completely remote and there's no, you know, you're not even like giving the feedback back and forth in in that moment like you were saying, it will it will all work beautifully. There's nothing that can kind of get in the way of that. But I think sometimes it's it's someone's belief as well you know if they have if they hold the belief that it's going to be difficult or if they hold the belief that they don't well if they don't want to do it that way then obviously it's not the best like um, you want a willing participant but yeah I think it's just so interesting how how it all works but certainly you know now so many readings are done um on via phone for me. And mm-hmm. then cl- lots of the mentorships and the, the cir- development circles are on Zoom. Not all of them, but lots of them. And the beautiful thing with that too, I find, is that there's people from all over the place that get to come together that wouldn't really have had the opportunity otherwise. You know, ple- people in other
1: places in the world. So that's that's been a really cool thing to have as well. So true. It's really having that... You know, it's having that studio that you would open up in your town or your city, but the door is open to the entire world. Mm -hmm. And so the connection that you're able to create and offer other people to create connections with too, especially with you and your community and your beautiful circles and your, you know, exceptional mediumship and all of the great development classes you do. Imagine, and I'm sure you did when it was only for the people in your surrounding areas or locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite it's quite exciting,
0: I find. And it's, it's wonderful because you create that, there's a camaraderie and there's a sense of like a soul, you know, like a soul family. Um, and we're people all over the place, you know, all over different parts of the world. And yeah, that's been pretty, that's been
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. It really has, it's opened up my view of how small the world really is Mm -hmm.
0: oh definitely definitely I wanted to actually mention something to you too that you said about like stepping into that power of really claiming you know like I am a healer or I am a medium because that is a really tough one I think that lots lots of times we hesitate like once we start to put a label on it it feels like a lot of pressure I think to, to people. And I've had students where in the past I've had them like write it out like so many times, like almost like, like a hundred times, like I am a medium, I am a medium and like speaking it out loud and getting comfortable with, with saying those words because it's true. It's like, it, it sometimes is a really scary thing to, to say or to kind of claim Right. Because of I think it is just because of that expectation that comes along with it or our own, you know, our own expectations, maybe that we also place on ourselves. So, yeah, I think that's really important to to claim that. That's for sure.
1: Yes. And that's such a beautiful way to start to be writing it down and looking at the words, because I really feel that there is quite a beautiful intuitive connection between your hand writing something, I feel like it really does connect to your heart and it grounds that message into your energy. I really have seen that and felt that myself before. Mm -hmm. That's such a great practice. Mm -hmm. When, you know, before it's, we're ready to open up that throat and speak it. Because, and the labeling is interesting because I had that same feeling completely. I know that feeling well, as much as I can understand it, of course. But I know that kind of feeling of, no, 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 I don't want to put a label on it. Who am I to say? Who am I to, you know, there's a lot of what ifs or and who am I? Some people can call it imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's very practical fear because maybe your family or your friends aren't as open to what you're doing and what you're calling yourself. So maybe there is a true safety that's not there. Mm-hmm. But I found that, Many times, and I feel like your listeners may connect to this, is it comes with a lot of ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. i would I would totally agree with that. For me, completely. Like I really felt that I was carrying those wounds, if you want to call them that, the trauma, the wound, the the block, the hurdle, whatever you call it, of my maternal family, my maternal line mm-hmm. that weren't able to, you know, show up in their light, show their true authentic selves, take off, you know, those masks that we wear, of the conditioning of being safe in who we are, especially if you are more prone to sharing your intuitive abilities and gifts. And that can be very hard because it's in the unseen. So, it's very easy for people to just not believe it and reject you in many different ways. So to be calling yourself, labeling yourself, taking and reclaiming the power of a word, of something to describe you, and I would say something to partly describe you because one thing never describes us all. We're so multifaceted, but it's just a way for other people to... of connect with what we do and who we are and what we're here to do. And for me, one thing that I really noticed, and it's kind of annoying, because if I told myself this at the time when I was not able to call myself a healer or intuitive or medium or psychic or any of those words, it actually, the trust and the confidence comes with the act. Mm. Yeah. So by saying I am an intuitive, I am an energy healer, I am a psychic medium. And letting yourself you know, shake and feel that uncomfortable tension wherever it is in your body, getting curious about it, paying attention to maybe why you have butterflies in your stomach and kind of getting to know that area and seeing what's going on there. But if you don't even have time for that, just the act of saying it creates a momentum of oh okay that wasn't as scary okay how can i explain this even more how can i delve into my power even more instead of being so worried about the label and it is that um it's that joseph campbell quote he did the hero's journey Mm -hmm. and it's that idea of and sometimes people talk about this in manifestation too different circles where it's one step towards the gods and then 10 steps towards you yes yes I believe that to be true, though. It, Have you found that yeah. where it's like stepping into it, even when you're not ready? Yeah. It's, like- it's it seems to be once you
0: get to a certain place in your own sort of soul's journey and your spiritual development, it becomes less about like like getting a plan and sticking to it, and then like doing A plus B and then you're going to get C, it all of a sudden becomes this very unknown, mysterious kind of time in life that is also so exciting and there's so much anticipation and there's so much potential. And I find a lot of my clients come to me at that stage and what they want, they're like, okay, just tell me what to do. And what I'm always <laughs> having to offer is like, mm, no, we're not there, we're, we're somewhere beyond that. Now this is gonna be you taking this step, exactly what you're saying, like a step forward, taking the inspired action, before you even have the certainty or the almost like even before you have the proof of, you know, the the result, it's like you actually have to take the leap and then you're going to see and you're going to continue to get more and more, but you have to keep going forward. Like you can't, you can't like wait and then just hope. And then, you know, you can't get it first. You have to like make that leap first.
1: Yes. And Do you feel like, because I'm feeling like this, the time that we're in, and I also believe with podcasts, whenever somebody is listening to this, even if it's five years from now, it may be this time too, that we're in that liminal space, that in-between of needing to make a move, a new jump, a new leap. And you can't really go back to what you knew before, but there's a certain amount of surrendering that we're all doing of kind of opening our eyes more to what is around us and what we really are and also where where we are, that there is this very uncomfortable, no technical ground to walk on, but the movement is still happening. Some people call it like a void energy. Mm-hmm. And that is really prominent right now. I find that so many of us are moving through that of remembering how to surrender, how to trust ourselves, more trust in kind of the language of our intuition, following signs more like really having that inspired action instead of just like waiting for more certainty. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the quote that's got me through so many times like that is when nothing is certain, anything is possible. Oh, the best. Yeah, and it's that's I sure. don't even I, I don't that. even know who who said it first, but. Me neither, it, but it's a it, good it, one. It's, <laughs> and it it's just kind of brings you back to that feeling of like, okay, yes, there's there's not a lot that might feel certain or solid, you know, like a, a solid footing right in the moment. But it's because there is something else possible. There's so much potential. And I think that's exciting. And if we can kind of train ourselves to be at least okay with a bit of uncertainty, at least okay with that open sort of blank canvas, and let's see what we can create, I think then, you know, then we've, we've got a chance to get sort of where we want to be. But this, you know, wanting so much for, of course, it's human nature to want all of Mm -hmm. the answers. But I think that keep that holds us back.
1: Yes. And now you're really reminding me of how important working with our own energy is. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I got into the work That I'm in now Mm -hmm. with with intuitive energy healing, because it helped me so much to be grounded and anchored in my body when I cannot have that outside of myself, when there is just too much happening around me, too much chaos, too much uncertainty, but it is not taught to us. Unless you're really was, unless you're very, very, very lucky, <laughs> and you had a parent or a mentor that really helped you with this, but it took me until I was, you know, I'm 41 now. It was like 10 years ago when I really, really sunk into it and understood. Oh, my heart can be where I live when everything else feels crazy. Mm-hmm. You can create your own safety and you can create your own sanctuary for yourself.
0: And I think that's really empowering for people once once we recognize that. Like, that's huge. And it kind of reminds me of sometimes in the beginning stages of development, sometimes students will say, you know, it's really hard for them to meditate because they can't quiet their minds and all of that, right? And I always, you know, want to offer that, of course, like, it, it that is like a learned discipline and a skill that as you practice, it's going to get easier and easier. But also, it's really such a metaphor for life, because the whole point is to be able to withstand like whatever's going on around you, whatever might be an easy distraction for you to get carried away by. It's the whole point to learn to be able to you know, acknowledge what's going on around you and then go inward to find that stability and find that place of peace, regardless. Like, you know, so get to the point where you, you know, everything could be literally crumbling around you and you still hold firm in your power and in your connection to yourself, connection to your own soul.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so true. And it also really reminds me of when we're there, when we do find that kind of solace in and for me it really is my heart energy some people it's you know their feet they feel that earth energy even when they're not standing there's all the different ways that people can connect to their energy and have that beautiful foundation inside but also it is important to remember what your nervous system feels like when it is out of that foundation, when it's out of that anchor, when you are kind of getting swept away, or even when you are feeling a lot of grief or sadness or anger, you know, more of the emotions that we don't technically always want to feel and are not usually encouraged to feel, right? Like as we grew up, not as often, but that those emotions can still And do, from my experience, do still come in huge waves, even when you are grounded and centered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's how we move energy. You need to feel your feelings. (laughs) It seems so simple. (laughs) It's so
0: important, though. It's such an important thing for you to mention because I think so many times all we're trying to do as humans is avoid that. At all costs, because of the pain, it, it's so hard and it hurts. And I think that it is important to remind ourselves always that, you know, it's not the whole point is not to avoid feeling the feelings, it's to be able to befriend them. It's kind of to be able to, you know, receive the information that we need from those feelings and then, you know, learn. Over time, how to release and how to how to let them allow them to kind of move through us.
1: Yes, yes, completely. And I, you know, for me, it. I always like to kind of speak more to my experience Mm -hmm. instead of saying everybody. Mm -hmm. But for me, I, I like to say, kind of, my heart was a late bloomer. Like I really had quite a hard heart and didn't cry in my twenties. Like really really strong, quote unquote, not strong, just a facade, (laughs) but was not comfortable feeling the depths of those feelings for many reasons. And one of the fears that I remember was, and I do feel like so many people say this too, but for me, it was, but if I start crying, I don't think I'm going to stop. Or if i let myself get angry what could happen like something really bad what if i don't know how to not be angry anymore and i'm just a rage-filled person Mm -hmm. that there is this fear that there's no end to the depth of those tough emotions to navigate Mm -hmm. and i was reading about waves one day this is a couple years ago and you know how the moon you know controls with the gravitational force and it controls the waves. And it's so amazing. And one of the things too that I read that really connected to me and made me trust more in moving through those waves of emotion is that the water does not move in a wave, the energy moves. So when a wave moves, that water is not moving the energy. You're seeing energy move through the water. And that is exactly what happens in our emotional landscape. That's how I feel energetically. Oh, that's beautiful. That's an amazing way to look at it. And it's so true. Where we still will be here. We just have to be okay with feeling up and down and in the ebbs and the flows. And to know that that's kind of life. And that is what I've been kind of seeing a lot of right now. Of, well, how do I just get to the place where it feels calm and feel good? And it's like, well... Where are you right now? Well, that's not going to last forever. So the calm will come, but then it won't be calm again. Mm-hmm. That's the certainty. Mm-hmm. So. It's so, so true. And it, it's like, I
0: I love that because I, I've long since, like, it's been so long since I've been fighting against, like, the chaos. I, I've sort of, like, now realized that that is, like, life is cyclical, you know, in nature, and so we will not. I don't think we're able to avoid, you know, the the ebbs and flows. So it's re- it really is. I think our our work to kind of figure out how to how to enjoy, you know, the the flows, and when uh, things are in a different state, it, maybe it's not necessarily enjoyable, but we can have peace regardless.
1: Yes, yes, and you get to know such a beautiful i'll say depth again because it is such a beautiful depth of yourself there's so many layers to ourselves that i feel we kind of keep finding even after our death like there really is continual knowledge and wisdom that we are shown about our true self and who we are and that helps us connect I believe, to the world around us and to other people in a deeper way, too. So it really is that kind of life lesson of it's cyclical, mm-hmm. just like you said, that nothing is straightforward. It's all kind of working in a spiral. We're always going to kind of go back to what may seem like the beginning, but we're in a different place and there will always be challenges and chaos and uncertainty and tragedy and, you know, beauty and joy and being able to stay grounded, meaning centered in yourself, then you're actually here. You're in your life and you can do things that, just like you said, may seem impossible.
0: hmm I wonder how, for you, like not really feeling your feelings –
1: how that would have affected you or affected your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for asking that because it's such a good question because it is something that I forget to speak on because it was such a long time ago. (laughs) But for me, in hindsight, I really didn't know my energy. I didn't know what was mine and what wasn't mine. And because of that, that's why I feel like I, part of the reason why I was so terrified of feeling anything was because it felt just too much, too scary, too, too foreign to me, too unfamiliar. And the way that it kind of manifested was I didn't trust any of my thoughts or decisions I really outsourced all of that to everyone around me. Anyone who had an idea of who I was or what I should do, I'd be like, "Okay, great, good idea. Let's try that." And it you know, it put me into a marriage that was not for me. But of course, I learned so much from it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, it did not work out. And it was very um, heartbreaking and also very surprising because I wasn't aware of my feelings. And I was only there to be the, um, how do I, what is the word? Oh, yes. So if, because I wasn't able to feel my feelings or understand or trust anything that was really coming from myself, Mm -hmm. I was certain that whoever was the closest to me in my life was my gauge for that right so as long as they felt good i felt good Mm -hmm. as long as that was happening and that was okay fill in the blank for whatever that is then i was okay like i was really untethered and so it was the most ungrounded that i'd ever been but i didn't even know what that meant and of course there was so many physical manifestations too and I don't always think that there is a spiritual link to every physical ailment no but sometimes when they're unexplained mm-hmm. they really can't your body speaking yeah. to you oh totally and yeah do you find yes like do you have you had that before? well yeah it's it i think that they are just such
0: messengers like the body is the messenger and then our emotions you know carry those messages i guess and I, I totally agree. It's like of course, not not everything for sure. But there are certain times when that's exactly it. There's no other real explanation or there's nothing else that you can even point to. And it's just so interesting how things can also flare up or amplify. Yeah, mm-hmm. get, get, like they can the symptoms can worsen depending on energy. And I've experienced that with my own um, my own health. When it comes to different things like migraines, I I have them quite quite a bit, and I've seen the link to certain energy and and how it might manifest. So it's been uh, it's taken a while to kind of really truly see that, but I I now sort of can't really I can't really deny it because it's it's pretty it's like a pattern.
1: Yes, and that is such the key to it is being able to trust your, and I feel like it is kind of our intuition is helping us understand why our body is speaking to us this way. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a translator of it too. And by understanding, by not being able to ignore it, that is actually building more trust in the language of listening to your intuition of really trusting yourself and knowing when to trust your intuition. And For me, two of the big physical symptoms that I had, that are gone now, was a frozen left shoulder that I had completely numb Mm -hmm. since high school. Like I would tap it, I could feel pressure, but nothing else, which was just, I was like, oh, well, you know, my mom, again, ancestral. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, my mom, she always has trouble with her shoulders, (laughs) like all of these things. And so the frozen shoulder was a big one. And then also I had quite a bit of lower back pain, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different messages that I had that I found, but I'll share just a few Mm -hmm. of how I kind of moved through it, was the big frozen shoulder one that took, I would say I was working with a therapist and I was working with an energy healer. First time I understood what energy healing was. Mm And it probably took about, I would say, six months. Yeah, I would say about six months to uncover that, oh, I have completely disconnected from my heart. I don't know what my heart is, what it is asking for, how it speaks to me, what the energy feels like. Because I really do feel that our desire and our longing and so much of our purpose, which is multifaceted too, nobody just has one purpose, but so much of the, the secrets, you can call them, but really they're just there for you, <laughs> in our, are waiting in our heart for us. And I was completely cut off from that. And my lower back was actually connected to my sacral. It was connected to my creativity. I had not, I'd cut off any creative kind of outlet for myself, even though I loved writing and I loved taking beautiful pictures. And I just loved being creative. I had just let that go, was for some reason, just part of my journey, had not even looked at it for maybe years and years and years. And when I started moving through the different layers of my energy and getting to know myself, and that's really what clearing blocks is. It's. I used to only call them hurdles because mm-hmm. I don't like the word block, but I find people understand what block mm-hmm. means, so mm-hmm. that's why I call it a block. Mm-hmm. But all of the blocks that I had in my heart and in my sacral and also in my root too with my lower back, because it was a lot of not ever feeling safe or secure and being able to take care of myself or my needs, regardless of what actually was happening, it was Each time I discovered more of my true nature and accepted the parts of me that I had forgotten or locked away or didn't want to look at or thought would not be accepted or loved, when those were brought back into my awareness and into my energy, that kind of melted the blocks away. So all of those blocks were just keeping me safe. They were protecting me. But I didn't need that protection anymore. It had gone gone on too long. And now it was impeding in my life. So when I got back to it, everything opened up. And then I went, oh, I know what my intuition is saying. And then so many other things came from that. And then I was able to actually act on my inspirations and all the things and take those steps that I didn't feel ready for. And I'm still doing it. But wow, did it get rid of my numb shoulder like it was shocking shocking i'm still shocked that's so that's
0: so amazing because it is like a miraculous type thing like to experience because that's an ongoing thing that you literally were able to release
1: yes and it wasn't all at once mm-hmm. because things take time yeah so it was also a real beautiful lesson in surrendering to what is true today yeah what is it now instead of wanting to just rush to the end because there's so much to learn in between and actually speaking to my mom part, even though I now had connected to, oh, this is why my shoulder was, you know, in pain or tension or numb because once it stopped being numb, it started being more painful Mm -hmm. because then I could start to feel it. So there was this kind of, you know, not great and then getting better your classic healing, Mm -hmm. even when we're healing physically. And what I knew and understood and had to surrender to was the acceptance of, well, that's my journey. And it doesn't mean that now I run and tell my mom how to fix her because it was for me. And so that was also a big lesson of just because this has worked so beautifully for me, it still is eyes on my own page and whoever reaches out to receive it too, but everybody's on their own journey. And maybe my mom is not meant to do that in this lifetime. So also really understanding, you know, what consent is yes. and what, you know, letting other people live their life means. So there's so much in it.
0: Oh, that's so important. And it just makes me remember times when like, I'll, I'll do a reading for a client They'll have like such a, like, it's like transformative, amazing healing experience. They'll love it. But then they'll come back. Like I had this one time where a client would come back and she wanted another reading, but she said she wanted it for her siblings. Like basically she wanted me to do the reading for her, but like basically wanted me to convince (laughs) her siblings that it's real and it's true and that it is really their person that's coming through and all this stuff. And it's such a hard thing to try and explain to someone that that's like, that's their journey. So there's not anything that I can do or say in that way. Like they have to come to it and want it. And and it has to be like for them and they have to be ready for something like that. So it's true. We sometimes want when something is helpful to us and we have such an amazing experience. Of course, we want to help other people and share it with people that we love. But... It's a hard. Sometimes it's hard to understand in the moment, but no, it's it's not for us to then go and almost like not force it, but even even really try to like apply it to them. Like they they need to come to it and they need to find it.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so true. And that really connects to that idea. And it is you know like scientists have discovered. In physics, it's the quantum physics idea that everything is connected, Mm -hmm. that when we change, when we accept more parts of ourselves, when we heal, whatever that means to you, that that healing ripples out without you needing to change that person. They change. And I have seen it happen. When you change, your view and the people around you also change Mm -hmm. without you having to orchestrate it. And it's quite miraculous yeah
0: it's it's definitely like less, I think, about us trying to do it or control it or make make anything happen, you know or, or any of that. So yeah, it's it's imp- I think it's very important what you're saying that's such a significant point around, like, yeah, definitely eyes on your own paper. Like, let's just like focus on our own. Like, it's enough. I think we have enough with our own healing in this life. But yeah, we can certainly inspire. I, I think that we inspire others all the time. And I'm certainly inspired by others when I see them healing and I see them, you know, making strides forward and changes. That That's the thing that is so uplifting for all of us. So it does have that ripple effect without us having to direct it, like you were saying.
1: Yes. So true. And it's interesting because, you know, I have definitely been the one who, you know, when I started meditating all those years ago, and then I would say to my partner, Hey, did you meditate today? You should be meditating. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would understand. (laughs) I'd have to go through this whole thing of, wait, why am I telling him to meditate? That probably means that I need to meditate. What do I need right now? Why am I trying to tell them what they need? What do I need? Why am I trying to like, totally distract from myself? Yeah. Because that is a very common way. I know I'm not alone oh, in that. No, but it's very easy to get into the, the like you know addiction to
0: helping. I've I've experienced that and seen it and have it for myself where. After a certain point, I realized, oh, that's a real clever way to distract myself from my own healing, for sure, because I just speak, you know, just focus on, oh, this person needs this and this person needs that. And let me tell them this and let me do that for them, you know, thinking I'm doing something for them. And it's not, it's not the, I don't think that's the way to go. And I certainly feel like it's, yeah, it's interesting when you, when you can realize that Uh, and then, oh, okay. So refocus. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> that's such a great way to put it. Yeah, very clever. We're
0: very good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, so very resourceful. But, yes. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, I just feel, you know, we could we could just have a never-ending conversation about all of that, but. Oh my gosh, it's so true. <laughs> I wonder if there's any last piece of advice you'd like to offer to someone who's, say, going through a bit of those challenges at this at this
1: time. Yes. Do you know, it would be find a way to commit to a very easy, easy meaning not a lot of time, like five minutes even, of connecting to your energy, connecting to your heart, connecting to your breath. Don't even call it meditating. Just a time even now I'm feeling like even three minutes, Mm -hmm. some time that you can just put on your phone, just a timer where you are paying full attention to yourself because that is where the magic is. And sometimes, yes, it may not be the most comfortable, but whatever you're asked to pay attention to in those mere minutes will be so helpful to all aspects of your life. And it's cumulative too. So if you do that for three days in a row and just see what shifts, see if you feel a little bit less anxious. See if you have a little bit more clear minded in your thoughts. See if you're less reactive to the people around you because I do find right now our, our soul, our spirit, our energy, our hearts are calling for us to pay attention, to stop looking at everybody else for what we need. That's beautiful. I love it. That's such such good insight. Let us
0: know where where we can find you. Yes, thank you. Oh, this went by so fast, I know.
1: Melissa. I love I know. that. Like, how is that almost an hour? It's crazy. <laughs> amazing oh just i feel so grateful for being here with you um so yes anybody who is interested in learning about their energy their intuition energy healing all the good things you can go to my instagram it's probably the easiest way which is at tree light t-r-e-e-n-l-i-g-h-t dot healing you can also go to my website tree light.com that's where you can find everything. So my one-on-one sessions, I do one-off, one-on-one sessions. I do also those remote distance sessions, like the ones I spoke about at the beginning. I do offer those. Some people like to have them in between their one-on-one sessions as like a little reboot, little recharge. And the main thing that I do offer is a four-month one-on-one journey of healing, transformation, and connection. I call it the key because it's all about understanding that you hold all the keys to all the doors that you're trying to open and unlock and find. And it's really co-created for your soul's unique needs, your gifts, your abilities, your desires, and reclaiming and honoring your purpose and life path. I'm really being able to take those strides when there is no certainty to take that leap before you feel ready that's that's what um yeah that's what the key is and it's one of my favorite things oh and i do have a free workshop coming up so a free workshop on sunday november 5th it's at 3 p.m pacific time and you'll find it on my website and my instagram as well and it's called knowing when to trust so it's all about practical ways to know when to trust your intuition. Is it your intuition or anxiety? Is it intuition or doubt? Is it intuition or fear? And there's going to be a lot of beautiful guided exercises to connect to your unique energy, connecting to where trust lives in your body, learning fun ways to connect to your clear intuition and the unique language of your intuition. It is, um, yeah, one of my favorite things to speak on and I really wanted to offer something for everyone, something free. So if you're interested in that, sign up because it's complimentary. Come hang out with me on Sunday. It'll be really fun.
0: Beautiful. Amazing. Oh, I love it. Thank you so very much for spending this time with me. Also for all of your beautiful insight and energy. And yeah, just really, really such an honor to have you here. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, Melissa. You're just such a beautiful beautiful, beautiful person and you help so many people. And yeah, we're just so lucky to have you share everything with us. It's just, yeah, you're such a light. So thank you.
0: Amazing. All right. Well, I'll leave everyone there with that. Sending you lots of love, take good care, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.